Hey, listen, my children fans, this is Stu from the Inroads Podcast. Before we get to our conversation, I wanted to share some news with you. We've started our fall donor drive, and now is your chance to get a gift for your reoccurring donation to Appian Media. Everyone who gives a monthly gift of $10 or more will be shipped this great gift. You can go to appianmedia.org donation to learn more and to make your monthly reoccurring donation. I'll share what that gift is a little later in the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Hi there, my name is Justin Doms, and this is Listen My Children. I'm a husband, I'm a dad, and I'm learning to do what a lot of you are doing, one of the most difficult but most important things I'll ever do, bring up my children to follow the Father. Over the next four episodes, we're going to keep walking through the first five chapters of Proverbs, you, me, and our kids. The Listen My Children podcast is made possible by a donation from the Oliver family. We're thankful for their generous support of Appian Media's content. If you or your organization is interested in helping to fund content like this, please contact us through our website at appianmedia.org. Now, today, Elijah and Lyndon are going to be joining us. Uh, Elijah is 10, Lyndon is 8, and we'll get to play off each other as we go through this. We're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, as we continue to talk about wisdom. And in this episode, we'll talk about how wisdom gets into the heart. We need it in deep. So if you have a Bible and you want to turn to Proverbs 3, we'll get started. So uh, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs, and we're in Proverbs 3. So you got your Bibles open to Proverbs 3? Mm-hmm. Now, I've been talking with Amos and Jubilee and the both of you about Proverbs. Um, what's a proverb? It's when you used to buy something beside each other. Yeah, it's when you take two things, you lay them side by side, and you look at them to give a little help figuring out what's, what's really true, what's really going on. Now, where does wisdom begin? How do we get our start with wisdom? It starts with God. And Proverbs 1, verse 7. Do you remember what Proverbs 1, 7 says? Are you going to cheat and look at it? The beginning of... The fear of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's right, yeah. So in Proverbs 3, we're going to get another thing that lays side by side. And it's a way for us to help see uh, that God is great. That he's awesome. And that's how we treat him. We're, we fear him. So let's look at Proverbs 3. And Elijah... Would you read verses uh, 1 through 2, and then, Lyndon, you can read 3 through 4, and then I'll read a little bit too, okay? So, Elijah, you go first, 1 through 2. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh, and refreshment to your bones. And he goes on to talk about how we should honor the Lord. But let's stop right there and talk about something that happens three times in this section. 
Wisdom is something that we need. We need to be able to see the world the way it really is. It's called insight. When we can look in and see something the way it really is, because not everything in the world shows us itself. It, it tries to hide. This world can kind of be tricky. But that means we need wisdom really badly, and we need it deep down inside. Wisdom isn't just something that you know. It's not just something that you do. You have to bring it inside and make it part of who you are. And so look at verse 1. How do we keep the commandments? Look at verse 1. We keep it... My son, keep it on your heart. Yeah, we keep it Play in the, the heart. heart. Yeah, let your heart keep my commandments. And what do you say in verse 3? Um, that is, have steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. All right, no, it says write them on the tablet, tablet of your heart. Of your heart. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So wisdom is something that's really trying to get down deep inside the heart of us. God wants us to really know it, to really want it, for it to be who we are. Definitely. And these, these pieces here, verse 1, we keep it with our heart. It's not just something that we, we do, but it's something that we want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to obey God. I want to treat Him like He's great and awesome. And then verse 3 is probably one of my favorite pictures in the book of Proverbs. So it's taking knowing wisdom, and it's laying it right down side by side with writing on the tablet. Now, I think earlier today, Lyndon and I were looking at a picture of this. But uh, before they had paper, before they had computers, um, they used mud. Clay. Yeah, clay. And they would take a little box. even, Even with stone, it's hard to chip into stone. And if you make a mistake... You have to get a whole new slab of stone. But then, except for water, and even then, for a really long time, it will stay together. It'll stay together for a long time, but if you make a mistake, then it's over. So what they would do is they would make little tablets out of mud. They'd take a little box, and they would put mud in it and make it all nice and smooth. And you could take a stick, and you could scratch in it your letters. It's called cuneiform, but that's not really important. But here, Solomon is treating your heart like it's a tablet. And you would etch into it things that you'd want to remember. And then you could lay it out and dry it. Of course, if you made a mistake in the mud, you can just sort of smoosh it back in and etch it out the right way. And you'd dry it out or you'd bake it in an oven and it would be there forever. We still have tablets like that. So we can see them, what they wrote thousands of years ago. But here Solomon is not saying write it on a tablet. He's saying write it on the tablet of your heart. So he's saying get it in there. Get it in there. Etch the wisdom right down deep inside. And then in verse 5, you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, why would I trust in the Lord? Well, because in verse 7, I'm not going to be wise in my own eyes. I'm going to be wise by trusting that God is great. I'm not going to treat myself like I'm great. I'm going to treat God like he's great. In other words, I'm not going to trust myself. I'm going to trust him. Yes, It's just like when you were doing that study with everybody coming over. You have that rotten stick, and if you lean on it, it'll break. But if you have a good stick, mm-hmm. it won't break. That's the picture. Yeah, you remember piece, that? The pieces of all of these fit together just like a puzzle. Yeah, wisdom helps us to see, and we put the pieces together. But what you're talking about, Lyndon, is um, we lean on different things for support, for strength. So it's like if you're going on a walk, you've got a nice walking stick with you. Uh, well, a good one won't break on you. But if you lean on a stick that's got a bad spot in it, and it breaks, you're going to hurt. You might pierce your hand with it. You might fall down the cliff and 
die. Uh, and so we lean on something that's sturdy, something that will hold up. So you lean on the Lord, not on your own understanding. My own understanding is weak. I don't see everything. So get wisdom down deep in your heart. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Uh, and write it on the tablet of your heart. Obey God from your heart. Now, the last thing in verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof for the Lord reproves him who he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. The thing that I really want you two to understand is that wisdom leads a child not just to obey mom and dad, but wisdom leads a child to obey God, to treat God like father. Look at that again in verse 12. The Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. Wisdom teaches you to treat God like father. How about we pray about that and we'll, we'll be done with this one. Father, thank you for, uh, for wisdom. Thank you for teaching us to fear you and treat you like you are great and awesome. And Father, help us to take your wisdom in deep. Uh, help us to want to obey you. Uh, teach us to write your words on the tablets of our hearts that we can take it with us, uh, that we'll always live by trusting you and not ourselves. Thank you for Elijah. Thank you for Lyndon. Uh, thank you for all your people who are trying to live this life with wisdom and help us to honor you with the gifts you give us. It's the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining Elijah and Lyndon and me in that conversation in Proverbs chapter 3. We, we got to talk about how God's not just interested in what we do or what we say, uh, but in what we think, what we want. Uh, the things that are down deep in our hearts. Uh, and, and so wisdom is something that we need to write on the tablets of our hearts. So maybe you can talk with your family uh, about how God's wisdom, how the fear of the Lord changes who we are from the inside out. It changes what it is that we want. So parents, let, let me talk with you for just a minute about some things to consider uh, from what we saw with Elijah and Lyndon. Um, Elijah and Lyndon probably pair off more than my other children. Uh, sometimes it's Elijah and Amos. They share a room together. Uh, sometimes it's Lyndon and Amos. Um, they just goof around together. They, they all enjoy each other, but Elijah and Lyndon are, are more on a level together. And so getting to talk with them like this is, is a real treat. Uh, when you bring in the young, younger ones, you have to change dynamics a little bit. But the relationship that they have with each other is a real blessing. And, and so I want you to think about the way that you're talking with your family at these regular times of family worship, using your children as one of your greatest assets to teach your children. Because what Elijah and Lyndon will do is they will sometimes help each other to obey or help each other to think through things. I know that they talk about their friendships with each other. They talk about their other relationships with other kids together. Uh, they cry together. Uh, there have been different hard things that we've faced as a family, and I've seen Elijah and Lyndon come together, uh, even help some of the younger ones. Use your children as some of the greatest assets in raising your children. Now, what a, a regular period of family worship does is it helps everyone to gel in at the same time because everybody's getting the same teaching, but not everybody's processing it the same way. Uh, if you notice, Elijah and Lyndon both had their Bibles. 
Uh, both are reading out of their own text. That was a special time for them when uh, they had demonstrated the responsibility and the just the reading ability to get their own Bibles. Um, and so they, they treasure those, and they take them with them. They bring them with them to our Bible reading times, and they're able to look at the text themselves. But they're at a different level, and they're looking at it from different perspectives. And that's a good thing because that means as they process it differently, they're helping each other think through it. So when you make family worship a priority, you teach your family all together, everybody's on the same page, but they're looking at it in a different way. And that that's really helpful. Uh, I, I benefit from the way they're seeing it. And sometimes they think of things that I didn't think of. If you noticed in this one, uh, Lyndon reminded us of uh, another time I had taught through Proverbs 3. And it was about a stick, and maybe that didn't make much sense. But Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Uh, what had happened was we had a, a house full of kids. We had invited over children from our congregation and from other congregations. And I was teaching this principle and I had gone outside and gotten a rotten stick and leaned on it and it burst apart in the middle of this room with all these kids and made a big noise to demonstrate the point that you can't lean on your own understanding. Now that connected with Linda. She remembered that. And so when we read that verse together, that was there. But what I'm, what I'm doing now by bringing up that, uh, that time where she mentioned that, um, Lyndon being with other kids, whether it's Elijah or being with all those other kids we've invited into homes is really important. So maybe you're raising a child, just you only have one, or maybe you've got a bunch of them, find opportunities to bring other children into your times of family worship. Use children, use other godly people who are trying to follow the Lord as assets as you raise your kids. Uh, what, what that does, whether it's aunts and uncles, or whether it's just um, cousins or children that you worship with as part of your church, it's going to give you some support. It's going to gel the kind of discipline that you're bringing up in your home. What you can do is you can help them develop a love for each other as you help them to develop a love for the Lord. Next time, we'll be talking with Amos and Jubilee in one conversation. Uh, Amos is six, Jubilee is four. So that can be a kind of tricky conversation to have two young ones all at the same time talking about the Bible. But we'll do that next time.